Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f we want. Folks, before we get into this next episode, we are proud and so excited to bring this episode to you by our new official sponsor, Kinja Bang Noodles. As always, Kinja Bang Noodles is air dried and never fried. Our noodles are 100% plant based with no preservatives. It's perfect for a quick and easy meal, or you can customize it to create your own flavor masterpiece. Keep an eye out for it this fall. Follow us on Instagram at Kinjabang Noodles for all the latest and greatest. Kinjabang Noodles, feed the revolution. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. When you shine a light on an object, what gets created behind the object is a shadow. It's in our nature to only focus on the things that the light touches, and the things in the darkness tend to get overlooked. The thing that shadows help create is perspective. How big an object is, how near or far it is, and should you choose to look at it in this way, sometimes the shadow itself can become the object. Some of the most beautiful things can be created when you utilize the negative space to alter your perspective to see things more clearly. My guest today is world-renowned performance painter David Garibaldi. His live stage performance Rhythm and Hue has been a featured act for the Blue Man Group, Snoop Dogg, the Golden State Warriors, and world-famous legendary band Kiss, just to name a few. And he was also a finalist on America's Got Talent Season 7. David walks us through his journey of identifying his one thing. And through walking down many paths from not finishing high school to jumping around from job to job and all the while having this undeniable passion for painting, he finally decided to take the leap of faith and double down on that one thing. But it wasn't always a clear straight path from A to B. There were many obstacles and challenges, but as he puts it, all those things only helped him to fine tune what he already had. And perspective is something that David knows a lot about. From utilizing the technique of utilizing negative spaces in his performative stage shows, being able to create artwork upside down and being able to essentially create these shapes that seem to not really be anything but to flip the painting upside down to reveal a very amazing piece of work. Uh, David knows the the use of shadows, the use of negative spaces very well. And he's actually been able to utilize negative space to highlight things in his life more clearly. And as we move into 2020 and how he's utilized this time, the, the hardships that this year presents and how he's been able to first take some time to identify what everything is like for him in his life as he talks about the time that he took for a breather just to exhale a bit just to find out what everything is and how he wanted to pivot and to see the things that he still has uh, the resources that are still available to him his talent that can't be taken away and he walks us through how he's been able to use this time to evolve himself as an artist as a as a man as a businessman as a family man And I love his emphasis on perspective and how it's actually a choice. Should you choose to, the hard spaces can actually be used 
for your benefit. I think this is an incredible look into how uh, not only to pivot during this pandemic, but how to actually simplify and create something even more beautiful in the midst of these trying times. I think this is applicable to all of us out there, especially for those who are in creative fields, looking to ways to maneuver and pivot during these times. Uh, I think there's a lot in here in this episode from his artwork, as incredible as it is, but to see the mind behind it and the way that he emphasizes building the, as he puts it, the pillars, the foundations of where all these things come from and even renewing these pillars, having to take a step back and go back to the drawing board and reconfigure what those things are, especially during these times. I think is a very, very important thing. Fun lightning round at the end as always. I think, um, no pun intended, but he paints a very colorful perspective on things, even just in the way that he answers these questions. Another great episode for you guys. Let's get into it. Folks, welcome back to another episode of the Kinja's Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. Today, my very special guest is world-renowned performance painter, David Garibaldi is in the pod. What hey, up, David? It's good to be here, man. It, it feels good, even virtually. I feel yeah. The, I feel the positive vibes. Well, yeah, your setup is super legit. Like, I'm not even sure what you're watching. Am, am I on, like, a giant TV screen in front of you or something? Yeah, man. You're, you, I, I can see you on a huge screen right in front of me. So I have a... Uh, you know, I mean, living in the COVID world, we got to we gotta figure out how to uh, use the same quality energy we had on a live performance and do it all virtually now. So, um, you know, as soon as as soon as things shut down around mid mid uh, March, I mean, we just got to work. We didn't waste any time. And I would say most of the work was trying to figure out this for me. I'm like, I could paint like I get that part. Yeah. Um, but. How do we present it now? And I probably spent like, you know, maybe a month and a half just researching, like, and just, you know, finding out what I could afford, what I could get, you know, make happen. So this is a piece of a, a bigger puzzle. Uh, and then in the ba- in the background, we've got um, Ray's, Ray's like fixing wires and just always doing doing work as well. So That's we got to... You know, always people helping out, making all this happen. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Well, this is my, so this is, I'm at the Kinja's Complex. This is uh, where the the home of the pod started. Um, I mean, once, yeah, everything went on lockdown, you know, we we even shut this place down. So this is my first time kind of being back here. Um, We were just getting some work done and I just hopped into the podcast room. Um, Yeah, normally this neon sign's lit up, but somehow it's not working, but. All right, we'll, we'll imagine. Yeah. I'll imagine that it's on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's lit right now in our imagination. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, I, 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 you said it, dude. This is a time, a very unique time where it forces us to be even more creative than normal, to do mm-hmm. the, the, the normal things that we would be doing, right? And, um, and, and it's great. I mean, an artist like yourself, um, learning how to pivot your performance to go digital. And I'm sure that was like it took some, you know, uh fine tuning and, and troubleshooting but you know you got to figure it out and and uh, i definitely want to i mean we're always students you know we're, we're always students but Absolutely. um you know i think that i think you know creatively i don't know if you can relate to this but i've always thrived in situations where i have a lot of limitations mm. so like for example i'm sure we'll talk more about it but we'll, like when we did america's got talent you know i went from doing 
So, you know, most people that don't know what I do, I, I do these large paintings and minutes to music. So like quick for me is, you know, five minutes ish, which is pretty fast. But when we did America's Got Talent, everything had to be done in 90 seconds. So I'm like, all right, limitation mm. one. And then we had to do it. Uh, we had to get ready in three months to figure that first part out, limitation two. And then every level it was like, it just was this funnel of limitation. So what comes out of the, the other side of the funnel is, is really, I feel like, almost the, one of the most creative versions of yourself because you can get everyone, anyone, all the money in the world all the time. And, you know, of course, that's the perfect scenario. But how do we really do it? We're just turning limitations into something creative every day. Yeah, dude, that's freaking really good and, and makes me so much more excited to d dig deeper into what that looks like for you right now. Um, but, you know, as we, uh, before we started rolling, you know, I was kind of giving you a little bit of background on um, this show. So movement in the shadows kind of being the, the stuff that happens behind the scenes, the stuff that um, isn't glamorous. It's not the sexy stuff, but it's the stuff that, you know, you put in, you know, the, the grinding hours, you know what I mean? That the time yeah. that um, no one gets to really see, they always, they see the final product. But, um, you know, before we get into that stuff, like we love to start at the kind of beginning of things. So can you give us just a brief origin story of David Garibaldi? Where are you from? Where did you grow up and all that? Yeah. So uh, home has always been Sacramento. Uh, I grew up here. We moved from L.A. My, my uh, dad's work brought us here. And, and um, you know, when we first made it to South, sort of South Sacramento area, it was still developing. And um and so I've been able to see the city grow literally from an actual cow town to this city that I still love today. I think that's probably why I'm still here is because it's rare to be in a city where you can be part of the change, especially, um, you know, early on uh, where, where I, I started getting into like graffiti and just hip hop culture uh, when I was in middle school and high school. And so you know, obviously being an artist, naturally, I got into graffiti and, uh, but also in high school, I got into dance as well. So, um, you know, but I, I started, I think just like, you know, being in a city like this, where it was one of the most diverse places as well, you know, all my friends were just mixed with everything. And I'm, I'm mixed with many different things as well. So I was just exposed to a lot of different cultures early on. And, uh, and I think that that started influencing my art when it came to being inspired by music, dance, hip hop. Uh, so, you know, my early inspirations was always like animation, uh, music, and then eventually getting into dance uh, in high school as well. But like, but art was always this common thread throughout my life. Uh, so no matter what, what hobby I was into, like, you know, um, you guys can make fun of me for this, but I was, and I'm proud of this, but I was into rollerblading, like uh, the aggressive rollerblading. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know who John Julio is, but he's uh, based in, in San Jose, but he was like a person I looked up to. It was a hobby I was into. I was like, I want to try to be like that. And so whatever hobby I was into, it just sort of art still kept the thread going. I, I played uh, the trumpet as well growing up from third grade to high school, but art was still there and, um, I would say a huge turning point for me, though, was when I was in high school. And I remember this, uh, my animation teacher, who's still my mentor today, I remember him just posing this question to me. He said, you know, do you want to get paid to do this, which was, this was art, or do you want to pay to do it? And paying was the risk of uh, you know, paying fines or going to, you know, actually serving time for doing graffiti. And I was like, 
yeah, um, uh, I definitely want to get paid to do this. And so <laughs> he, I mean, just that's that perspective change that I could even get paid because as, as creators, we're constantly told that this is not an option. So have fun now, but, you know, get ready to grow up soon. And he was just like, look, I'm going to teach you uh, this career path that you know, involves RBD entertainment. And that was in, um, you know, my junior year of high school. And then everything changed there. It wasn't like things got better. Actually, they, things got worse. But just the perspective of art can change my life. I can use it to help other people as well. But um, I think the, one of the other breaking points that really put me where I'm at today was I didn't graduate high school. So I, I met this teacher in my junior year of high school. I'm on this new path. Senior year, near the end of senior year, my counselor calls me in the office and says, David, you're not going to graduate. So I thought I was going to go to CalArts, go study animation, work for Disney. And literally my whole life path now changed. But I'm now carrying this inspiration from Sullivan and, and you know, Mr. Sullivan and all the stuff that he had taught me and this perspective as well. You know, I'm, I'm like bringing this with me. Like, okay, I know I'm not going to graduate high school. I got to make new plans, but I've got these new tools to, to apply it. So I was just kind of working odd jobs. Uh, moving around from place to place, but I still knew art was going to be a big part. I was just convinced, like there was, there was no question about it. It was just narrowing it down to what, and then that decision came easy because when I got fired from my job, I was, I was a phone banker, um, for Wells Fargo and they were like, yeah, you can't keep showing up late and then still expect the job. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're gonna have to let you go. And then I had, you know, rent to pay, a car payment, which I eventually all those got repossessed or evicted from. So I just started going back to a first love, which was always there, this common thread, art, creativity. And I just went and started painting live at jazz clubs and nightclubs. So there was this place still there called the Fox and Goose in Sacramento. And every Wednesday they did a, a urban jazz night. I just set up my canvas and i just started painting live and again it was you know jazz music which i played the trumpet growing up there was uh, there was a dj there was hip-hop you know all these things and then that's where i would say the biggest breaking point in my life where i i realized this is it it may not look like this in the end but i like how this feels right now like painting with the with the what music does to me and then also the reaction of the people. So at that point, I just, you know, kept, kept my head down. And then it was just, I was tunnel vision from there. So that was 2003, I was 20 years old, lost my job, started painting live. And then, you know, I was on that path now. That's incredible, man. I love hearing these types of stories because um, there's, there's kind of a common, I guess, um, I don't know, common theme between, you know, every sort of person who pursues their, uh, their dream, right? Or this like, no guarantees, um, no blueprint to follow. Um, this is not taught in school, you know, especially when you didn't finish school. So, you, you know, like, it's all like this um, school of hard knocks, you you go out into the real world and you take one of the biggest risks of um, pursuing this thing that uh, really has no um, guaranteed return. And then 
you figure out, you figure things out, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah. you know, from what you're, you know, what you're saying, you know, what drives you and you know, what you, you just can't see yourself doing. I'm sure you could have made the bank job work. You could have, you know what I mean? You can make anything oh, yeah. work, but, um, it's you more so having this sort of like brutally honest, um, internal dialogue and decision-making like, yo, like, but is this what I want with my life? You know, like yeah. financial security is great, but if you don't enjoy what you do and not to say that there's anything wrong with people who choose the path for, you know, that sort of stability. Um, but I love, you know, hearing the, the story of the, the people who pursue their, their, their heart essentially. Um, so, you know, with you figuring things out, obviously, you know, you went through, I'm sure, like, like you said, a bunch of hurdles as far as, you know, yeah, like evictions and, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've had the, I've had the tow truck show up, you know, to my apartment, take the car away. I've had the, you know, the landlord knocking on the door. Uh, thank God the landlord at that time actually let me stay for a couple more months because he saw what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Gary. And uh, he traded, he let me trade a, a mural on the front of the building for a couple months of rent. I mean, who does that? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking this, if this isn't a sign that I got to keep doing this, you know, Gary at least gave me two months to feel like this was something yeah. I need to keep doing. Uh, and it's still there today, which is, which is crazy. But, um, I, you know, but I, I say that because when you're presented with reality and it, it's, it's right up against your, your dreams and these things that you've pursued that are living in your heart, you have to be tested. I mean, anyone who is, who has faith, you, you can't just, everything's great. How do you know what you believe in is real? Mm. So you start testing that faith and you're like, nope, I'm gonna keep believing in this. Yep. You know, something comes along, tries to convince you and say, no, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, no, 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 I'm, I'm gonna stick to this path. So uh, the, the test is the ultimate, uh, is this passion real? Mm -hmm. Like, is this really, what you want to do. And I, I still, we still get that, you know, yeah. our faith in our passion is tested every day. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, with uh, you making that choice and, um, you know, obviously to follow your heart and to pursue your passion, um, because it's not guaranteed because there is no blueprint to follow. You have to have a very, um, focused, uh, drive. You know what I mean? You have to be, you have to create your own disciplines. You have to mm -hmm. um, figure things out. So for yourself, um, what was that point where you started to kind of figure out like, okay, I know this is what I want to do, but how does that equate to, you know, putting food on the table, keeping the lights on, keeping yeah. the, 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 the tow truck from coming to repossess my car. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you turn yeah. that passion? And what, what was that point where you figured out, okay, like, there's a business that I got to figure out with this. Like, was there anybody yeah. to kind of mentor you through that? Or like, what was that process like for you? Um, I think before I get to that, though, it's important to know that uh, when you get to that point, you have to have some sort of work ethic experience before that. So for example, uh, my, both of my parents were entrepreneurs where they pursued their passion. My mom is a hairstylist. My dad had tried different several businesses and some did great, some did not. Uh, so I saw that first. The second part was dance. So uh, dance as opposed to art, usually artists approach the art form as in this is one masterpiece. It's done. You know, uh, you walk away, move on to the next. 
with dance, you're working on one piece of art form, perfecting it over and over and over again. So when I was dancing with Boogie Monsters here in Sacramento, uh, with some mutual friends of ours, and you know they, uh, that's I was just it was just drilled like nope, run that groove again, nope, run that routine again. Just so I had this experience walking up to the door of, okay, how do we turn this into something? And so that way it didn't feel as uncomfortable because it's a very uncomfortable uh, thing when you have to start doing monotonous things over and over that still are helping push your um, your passion forward. Yeah. So the first part was that when I realized, okay, when I would do a painting in front of a live audience, the first one I sold, I sold. I remember asking the guy, I said, um, he's like, I would love to buy it. I was like, cool, it's um, $200. He's like, I'll give you 50. I was like, I'll take it. So now I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. establishing value. All right, right, 50 bucks, I'll take it. Now I'm gonna go to another environment that's similar and I'm gonna ask for 60. So I have, a, I have a value and I'm gonna do this over. Then I start thinking, okay, I've got a, there's several nightlife spots in Sacramento at this time in 2003, 2004. I'm just gonna set up nights throughout the week. I'm gonna, I hooked up with this DJ early on. His name is Jacob Sparza. And uh, he would play like house music and um, you know, different hip hop stuff. Sorry, my, my dog's in the background. It's all good, man. I get um, it, I got a dog too. <laughs> and so I, I started, uh, you know, setting up these different places. And now I had a system. I was like, okay, people, um, people are going to approach me or that at least the odds are there. And I started thinking about it. If, if I get $50 per painting and it starts, you know, going up little by little, at least by this amount of time, I'll be making X amount. So that was like the first survival mode. How do you sustain creativity? And then how do you sustain any sort of growth? Mm. Again, and I was finding an environment that, uh, what I was creating was connecting with what people were passionate about. So music subjects in music environments. And then, uh, and then, you know, from there, once you, once I started establishing these small sales, which from the outside didn't seem like much, you know, selling a painting for a couple hundred here and there. Uh, but for me, it was okay. I can now exchange this value for something monetary and I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep raising the value of the quality of my art and the experience in exchange for hopefully that number raises up so that I can, again, sustain a life and, and creating, um, you know, the, the first, I would say, I had a friend of mine who helped me out early on. He actually is the one that introduced me to the work of Denny Dent. So Denny Dent was like the first performance painter started in the eighties and, uh, you know, 90s, 2000s, he passed away shortly after I started in 2005. And uh, he also gave me an opportunity to go to New York to go to this art expo. I had no idea what an art expo was because I was new to this world. But at that show, I, I made these like trifold um, like brochures of my work and I would go and talk to people. I would hand them out. So I'm like, I'd never really sold myself in a sense. You know, I had never really... Um, put myself out there in that way, but seeing the response and then, okay, this is a great starting point. Eventually I got my first publishing deal by taking that leap. You know, I couldn't afford to go to New York and I had to pay him back as well. So, but we came out of that with a, um, with a publishing deal. And so it was always like, you know, wherever I'm at right now, how do we just do this? How do we go up a little bit in everything, in our communication, our quality, our, our, our output of work, 
you know, our output of, of live streams or um, of shows per year, whatever that was, wherever I was in life and even now, how do we just improve a little bit? And that will automatically cause, it, it actually, not a cause, that will give you work to do. Mm. So like you kind of already know right away when you start challenging yourself saying, how do I improve? What work is required now? And it's just, you're meeting that along the way. I love, I love that that observation is so good because, um, you know, the slight improvements, the, the incremental adding one block on top of that last block and then adding just one more. And, you know, you do that long enough, you look behind you and it's like you built a freaking wall, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, then, and then here comes a house, you know? So I think that's huge because, um, I think we, we, we tend to put so much pressure on ourselves as far as like needing to make it, you know, and, mm -hmm. and like, um, yeah, whether it's, you know, your, your dance career or yeah, or, or becoming an artist or anything like you have to put in the time and the process is absolutely necessary for you to get anywhere. You know, we can't, um, you know, jump from A to Z. We have to go B, C, D all the way down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and even at that, like, you know, going from one, you know, one thing to the next, sometimes things come quicker and some, some things just take longer, you know? And I think yeah. that's also really uh, important to recognize and accept that, you know, the process, um, the process is a part of the process is like yeah. as redundant as that sounds, you can't, um, yeah, nothing worthwhile comes it, overnight, you know? It is a, it is a brick by brick. You know, I mean, people mm -hmm. that may be watching this right now, they may be in it. They're like, taking as many classes going to auditions or you know just they're they're literally like work they're like building the brick before mm -hmm. they lay it mm -hmm. and i think that is important to focus on you know the idea of making it when you look back and look at the wall that's made it in it now you know and, and, and both of us being so far into our our passions it, it is every single brick matters mm -hmm. um and i think it's important that for those people that are uh you know, maybe discouraged right now on things not happening fast enough. Mm -hmm. It takes time. And it, and that's, if there's one thing that you could take away from this whole conversation, which I know we'll talk about a lot is let the time take place mm -hmm. and build this brick by brick. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. Um, so as you mentioned uh, your experience with dance and you kind of fusing that with uh, your painting and your performance. Um, yeah. I mean, so when I first saw you get down, like, you know, I just, I saw your, your artwork. I didn't see your live performance. And when I seen that, so when you, you know, when you came and did the work for the Jabberwocky show in Vegas and like, yeah. that was when I really started to get kind of turned on to like, oh shoot, this dude is not just a dope painter. Like there is a full on <laughs> experience here, you know? And, um, and that to me was like, yo, I mean, I had never seen that sort of performance painting before. And like, that was dope because it's like, yo, you're carving out your own path, even within this genre, you know what I mean? And, or in this medium of art, um, what, what, like, what was that, that light bulb that went off in your head where you're like, yo, maybe I should like put movement to, <laughs> you know, into this, uh, this performance where I can really uh, bring all elements of art. Cause then you also have the music and then, you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. like a full on like sensory <laughs> overload of things. But like when I saw the dance 
um, implemented into that, um, mm -hmm. I was like, yo, this is next level. So what was that, yeah. um, that moment for you where you're like, yo, I need to put this into this? Yeah. Um, well, again, it, performance painting was a collision of my passion, still is. So music, dance, and art. Not necessarily in that order as much as I'm a painter. I, I love all those things equally. And, um, and I think it was a point when I had this, when I first started, I was dancing, going to, going to Boogie Monsters practices, doing performances, and I was also painting live. And it got to the point where, again, I had to decide, like, what do I want to put my energy into? Because, mm -hmm. again, art was this thread that kept it all together the whole time. So, and this is the moment, as soon as I, I saw a Denny Dent painting, and my friend just described a little bit how he do it. So I just, uh, you know, as long as I knew a little bit about what could be done, that was it. Like I was off and running. And we joke around about this. My, my friend Kevin Costa and I, uh, about the moment that he told me, I was like, I'll be right back in a sense. And like, I came back a month later and I started practicing. Uh, I honestly didn't really know what I was doing. I, I, even when I, when I was like, I put the canvas on the wall, I painted it black. I had some white paint. I'm like, all right, I guess this is, I'm going to try to move around. And if it wasn't for my experience in dance, I don't think I would have progressed as a, as a performer, mm -hmm. you know, into the places that I've been able to go and take performance painting. I also recognize performance painting as that performance. I'm on stage. So you have to bring another level of quality of the experience. And, you know, yes, there's some times where I'm actually dancing. It's actually choreographed, but it was really just the movement. It was learning, you know, simple grooves and, and knowing counts and knowing when to go to the mic and when not to or it, it was like this this feel that you learn from freestyle mm -hmm. as well so uh i don't you know i i really give a lot of credit to, to denny dent for being such a vanguard and he wasn't a dancer he was just a crazy man that was a rock and roll dude on on stage but uh being from our generation i just i took that inspiration at the time again too there was no youtube so I wasn't going and researching videos and studying it. It was a, a little explanation and then the collision of my passions and then just off and running and trying to figure it out. So when I, when I started my early paintings, because I was doing them over and over again, I, I knew I had to get them done in a certain amount of time. Now we have like Ableton Live. We can control when the painting ends. You know, we have like certain visual cues. Uh, but back then I just had to make a mix and finish on time. So I would practice this. And then I realized where I would put my paints and, and even the height of the canvas, all these things added up to how I would move. So the least amount of movements, but enough to make it interesting. Right. So finding this combination, I still feel like I'm, I do that today. I'm trying to find this combination of moving enough, but not too much. Uh, and then the music being the heartbeat to the soul of, of all of this. So um yeah man i don't i don't know how else to explain it but yeah i no. think just knowing denny dent just turn art into a performance that's all i needed to know that's really good want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor meister watches they are truly masters of their craft from quality materials and masterful timepieces to functional lifestyle accessories for the movers and shakers of the worlds they collide with meister is doing it 
They've collaborated with some of the biggest brands in sports, music, comic book, car culture, and pop culture. We've actually had the pleasure of collaborating with them on a timepiece a few years back. I rock their ambassador watch. This one's my everyday watch. This one's my favorite. They are for our culture and for those that are on a constant mission to master their craft. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and pop in the discount code KINJASPOD to receive 25% off your entire purchase at checkout. And this discount is exclusive to the Kinjas podcast. You won't find this discount anywhere. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and rock with the illest. This show is officially brought to you by Kinesthetic. Hop on to store.kinjas.com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the K at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at kinesthetic.brand. So there's this other thing that um, I remember I saw you do where, you know, I'm watching you throw paint on this canvas. And I'm like, what is that? I don't even know what that is. And then, and then you're like done. And I'm like, I still don't see it. And then you flip it upside down. I'm like, holy crap, it's a Statue of Liberty. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you know, that the ability to see, it, I mean, like not to go super philosophical or maybe we do go there, but like, yeah. I, I feel like you have a unique way to see the world or just see things. But again, because I think there's, um, you being able to fuse like the level of dance and movement, um, knowing your spatial awareness, like how close things need to be in order for you to be able to effectively do things to, to still be engaging, but to obviously the focus is still going to be what's on that canvas at the end of this, you know, at, at the end of your time. But then um, being able to see something from a completely flipped upside down perspective. I mean, how, how did you, or how are you able to do that? Yeah. So I'm going to go back to what we were talking about, about this. Again, where a lot of people may be at right now, they're just building brick and you may be in this one movement right now and how you build a portrait upside down is very much a similar way. So if you could imagine our faces are a reaction of light and shadow, and then there's like some stuff in between. If you break it down further, the light and shadow causes shapes. And so what I started learning early on with just using the negative space, which was the shadows, which is the, the stuff that you normally wouldn't uh, draw or paint, uh, I would focus on where the, where the light was, like what shapes are made from when light hits our face or certain portraits. And I would just focus on that, not trying to make a whole portrait because that's overwhelming. That is, that, that takes a lot more time. And, and yes, I can do that, but I had to break this down into creating a five minute experience and again focusing on parts of the portrait that when you, you when you even leave the shadow behind you could still see and feel what it is and, and that also applies to it being upside down sideways multiple pieces is focusing on each shape making that shape great and and there's parts there's times now where i'll be doing an einstein painting upside down and i'm still like how do we get a little bit better you know, one shape may have four to five different colors now. When I started, it would just have one. So within those shapes, we can get more complicated. We, we can be, you know, put more work into it. But take all that away. And we look at what a portrait is. It's light and shadow. I'm going to focus on the light. 
-hmm. And those shapes, certain shapes in a certain place, I'm just going to do that. I'm not going to worry about all this over here. The viewer actually will do that work for me. And that's what I learned again over time is I'm going to do the, the parts of the face over here where the light is hitting, create shapes. And I'm going to do one line over here and then let the viewer finish it in a sense for me. And, um, and that's what's fun about even creating the, the paintings upside down is the, the moment where you probably thought like, okay, this is the third painting. Like I, I got this figured out. Like, we know what he's, we know where mm -hmm. this is going mm -hmm. and then still, you know, challenging your mind as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, you know, I mean, obviously I was having this conversation now, you would probably maybe watch a show differently now or watch a video and be like, Oh, I see the shapes now, mm -hmm. but it's very much doing that process, just focusing on each piece at a time. And I just hope, and I have faith in the process that those will add up to become a portrait of whoever I'm trying to create. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, so when you guys were on America's Got Talent, um, you know, with the CMYKs and yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that, I'm like, okay, that's just, again, another next level. <laughs> he just added another <laughs> component to, you know, to his, his show. And then, um, you know, as you mentioned, the, the time constraint of everything having to be done yeah. in 90 seconds now. Um, so, you know, as you kind of mentioned, being able to take on uh, constraints or challenges and kind of um, using that as, I guess, your fuel to um, unlock something, unlock a next level version of whatever that may be, you know, like now I can do a condensed version of my show or I can, um, you know, accomplish that by adding a different element to it now by maybe adding more bodies on stage and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit about um, you know, you being in that position where you're now competing, obviously it's a competition show. Uh, there's, there, there could be a lot of pressure that you could look at that as like, man, there's so much on the line. If I screw something up then you know what I mean? Like we can get, yeah. you know, we've been on competition shows and stuff. So how, how did you kind of look through all that? Cause that's seemingly a lot of noise and a lot of yeah. just, you know, pressure. And then you're just like, all right, here, like, let me, like you said, I'm gonna, here's the funnel and then here's what's yeah. gonna come out of it. How did you approach that? Yeah, uh, well, when I started, I was at, I was at the, the top of that funnel. I was in a very comfortable space. So my career had already been going for about eight years until that point. So I started in 2003, 2012 is when we did uh, America's Got Talent. And actually it started really in 2011, the end of it, when we started talking about it. Mm -hmm. So looking on the outside, I was doing already a hundred shows a year. I had already traveled the world, but no one really knew who I was, mm -hmm. you know? And, and to me, because I wanted to bring art to pop culture and I wanted to uh, affect more lives and inspire more people, I knew that this would have been a great platform. So now I'm like, all right, this is self-inflicted uh, growth. This <laughs> yeah. is self-inflicted, uncomfortable, you know, as uncomfortable as you want to get. And uh, the, but the one thing I learned early on, as soon as I, uh, we had done some shows with my CMYKs with the four, four guys that I danced with already. And I remember um, as soon as we started getting into practice, I realized I need to be more than an artist right now. Like I really need to be a team leader. Mm. I need to be super clear about what we're doing, why, uh, why movements are important, still leaving room for them to make suggestions and create and, you know, to help the ultimate goal. But um, you know, that was probably another 
moment for me because I have this footage of the very first 90 second painting that I had done. It was of Beethoven in one of my old studios and it was just me, but there was parts missing. So what I would do is I would do as much as I could. We would place the paints out in certain areas, whatever was left. Uh, that's when I, I told the guys, I was like, all right, I need you to help fill in these areas. So I would work with them on painting techniques. So I'll have to like teach them these certain things. And, uh, and then we just started choreographing this, this madness. But, <clears throat> you know, the first part immediately, I, I was thinking, I need to be a better leader because for a month or so, we weren't really getting anywhere. Like this was not, it would be just parts of Beethoven and like the hair was over there. There's nothing, you know, nothing was happening. And, um, you know, that was, I don't know, that was just a, a big first step. I think that another motivation for wanting to do it too was, uh, I love I love building and repetition. Uh, when I was learning new paintings, I would do them anywhere from a few times to I would spend weeks just to learn one portrait to get it done in time. So I was tapping back into an original passion of mine, which was dance and choreography. And and then that feeling like while you're doing it, and all, all, I feel like only dancers and maybe like theater uh, and actors and actresses know this this feeling like when you're in this moment that you've practiced and you just know it's flowing there's nothing like that and you really keep chasing and searching for it and i i felt that again it, eight years after i had really been dancing so uh you know but so so we did the, the first audition and even then before we went i told the guy i was like look I don't know what's going to happen. No one's ever done this. We're going to get booed off the stage, which I was cool with. And we were all cool with that. We just knew that, I think we all went to this feeling like, look, no one else is doing this. Like yeah. we, we could literally spin the globe and look at it and know that no one in the globe right now is doing this. So take pride in the work that we put into this moment. After that, it's not up to us. And so we did the first one. We got a, a standing ovation from the judges and the audience. We went off to the next round. This is the hardest part. We had to do it again, like mm -hmm. in a shorter amount of time. But we already cracked this code of, okay, what are the basics? I need to be a better leader. Uh, everyone needs to show up on time. <laughs> everyone <laughs> needs to, you know, hit, hit their marks in certain ways. We, we started like making this checklist of, all right, time constraint. What are the, what are the, the major things we, we can work on? And then we just took those almost as like pillars and just same pillars. They just go closer together. Um, and some of the major pillars was the painting has to look good. So a quality product, that means all of our techniques need to be on point. Uh, it had to be done on time. So really, uh, you know, making sure we don't go over that time. And then it had to be entertaining. You know, that, where again, we're performers, we're on stage. Who cares about the paint? Like there's an audience watching us. And then those pillars, we just kept putting them closer and closer together. And um, there, were, there was many breaking points. I mean, I think all of us broke at some point especially you know i know i had my you know family issues and you know other stuff going on and i had shows as well throughout all this so the stress of trying to keep up my quote-unquote day job per se because i had to go show up for shows and rehearsal Dang. but um you know what, what pillar do we need to work on today it's almost like if you have if you have a uh, if you break down your you can look at them like goals or i would actually I'll look at this pillars of like purpose. So if you know that, like, look, nothing's going to, going to knock this thing down. Uh, I'm going to focus on, I got to focus on technique three days a week. 
This next pillar, I got to focus on marketing two days a week. The other two days that I have off throughout the week, or maybe they're not off, maybe they're for like recovery or inspiration. But if you decide on like really pillars that are important to you and, and pose a purpose, you got to stick to those. And no matter how far or close they get, just don't let them get knocked over. Hmm. Uh, but when they do, you know, make sure that you back together. So having that, knowing we had to, you know, stick to those pillars, I think that it, it really helped all of us in the moments where we were just all kind of breaking and knew that you got to show up tomorrow. I really don't want to. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a tough, tough time, man. Yeah. And then, you know, we get to the, uh, oh, and then there's the, the behind the scenes production stuff. And, um, I won't share too much of the story cause I'm saving my book, but, uh, there was a moment where we were going to leave, we were going to leave the show. Uh, and it was a during, before a major round within the week because they wanted me to make commitments for something later on. I was like, I'm out. And I think just the pressure of dealing with things that are so totally out of your control and then just being okay with it and saying, look, whatever happens here, you just got to be cool with. And that applies to like the very last day we do our last performance. Um, and I remember there was the four, four acts left on stage in the finals. And I looked around and there was like some, there was a cute dogs over there. There was a comedian and a magician. And I was like, yeah, guys, I'm not gonna lie. I think we're done, but you know, let's just take this out. I remember walking off stage, we came in fourth and I told the guys the same thing I told them when we went to the first audition before we went on stage, I ended with this and said, you know, turn this globe. And right now, no one else in the world is doing this or has done this journey. Even if it, you know, is performance painting, nothing similar to this. And so just take pride in the steps that we took and everything we went through to, to create this, this moment. And, um, you know, we all went our separate ways a little bit after that. We, we did shows after that, but, um, you know, I would, I would never change any of that. And from that point on, I would say for me, I, I gained this confidence that I could throw me in any situation. We want a three minute painting for a TV appearance. I'll make it happen. We have to, whatever we have to do. I just felt like I could do anything. Not that I'm invincible, but I knew I could work for whatever I wanted. That's awesome, man. Um, you know, as you're, you're talking about the, the challenges and then as you're in the mix, um, you know, you said you willingly put yourself in the position to be on such a show, knowing the, the levels of stress and balancing, you know, real life. Like you said, you had your day job that you had to do. And, and then coming out of it, um, you know, I'm sure that was a whole other experience of like, what did I, what's my takeaway from this, you know, and like, what sort of uh, um, new skills and new abilities do I have? You know, you mentioned uh, learning how to be a leader and, and, yeah. and that itself is something that um, you don't just pick up that skill as a default. Like you put yourself in a position, well, dang, I am the leader, so I better figure out how to do this well. Um, you know, for the sake of everything, you know, and um, I think that's an amazing uh, ability that you have. And I think that's something that I want to um, point out is that um, I think what I see even in like your, the early parts of your journey is, is seeing one little thing, simplifying it as like, what is the core? What is the thing that like, I'm really into? Okay, fine. It's painting. Cool. Um, I also love dance. Oh, okay. Maybe there's something there to put it together. And then 
taking this and putting some business behind it. And as you mentioned, your pillars, um, mm -hmm. I think that's super important, you know, to uh, know that they're essentially, th th those are your foundational things, right? What's the heart behind it? Yeah. How do I make it unique? And then how do I create a, a sustainable way for this thing to actually become my livelihood? And there needs to be these foundational things from the marketing aspect to practicing your, you know, your techniques, um, you know, revisiting like ways to evolve and, and move on to something to slightly advance whatever it was that you were doing and add one other element to it. I think yeah. that's, you know, it's, it's simple in nature. Like it, it, there's like these clearly identifiable things, but to execute that and to consistently uh, to do it, to just, I mean, you've been doing it now for years and years and, you know, and, and but likewise, you know, like, I mean, likewise, and I just, I want to add to, I don't want to cut you off. I apologize, but I want to add to that because, uh, you know, I lost my train of thought, but you know, me, oh yeah, maybe what's the hard part is the fact that we, we can't just do things simply that we complicated mm. ourselves and think mm -hmm. that we have to do all this stuff or especially as an artist. And I, you know, if there's any artists out there watching, we do try to please, different people with our creativity, whether it's for designing a logo or like painting the family portrait or whatever, you know, they want. And what's really hard is to focus on one thing, mm -hmm. double down. And, you know, even as Kinjas, you guys did that with, from your, the, the, the aesthetic, like you guys doubled down on a, on a crew aesthetic mm -hmm. in a time where I feel like, you know, again, there's other groups that maybe did that, but uh, you guys just did it extremely well and still do extremely well, but it's hard to just narrow it down. And maybe yeah. that's, that's the hard part is just simplifying things. Yeah. And, and that, that kind of leads me to, you know, present day, you know what I'm saying with, with 2020 and, and COVID and um, you know, I think it's one of the biggest uh, industries that took the hit was the entertainment and arts industry, you know, like oh, yeah. so much of what we do and our livelihood, which would, kind of heavily rely on live performances and traveling and, um, you know, engaging with people in, in closed spaces where, you know, up until this year, like that was something that was like, yeah, of course that's not going anywhere. And then all of a sudden you get this pandemic and it's like, yeah. wow, the world indefinitely is kind of on a, a closure and, um, you know, trying to find a way to pivot and, uh, take what you would do, um, in a, in a normal way, but like, how, how do we offer this? How do we package it? And then, you know, deliver it digitally. And not to say that it's the same, cause it's definitely not. I don't think you yeah. can ever replace live anything, you know, human to human interaction is irreplaceable in my, yeah. um, in my opinion, which I think is also really good. Cause I'd be sad that if we could just replace everything by technology, <laughs> but you know, so, but being creative and, and, you know, like you said, your experience on AGT, looking at the challenges there, coming away from with some solid takeaways, um, you figuring out how to pivot, um, you know, your show and your performance, taking it digitally. Um, you know, what are some of the ways in this year, um, which I'm sure you took some time uh, to assess like, okay, here's a new challenge. This is a new sort of like, I gotta, I gotta figure out a, a different way to package, a different way to move. So. What was your process like um, in terms of taking on this year and how to pivot during this yeah. time? Well, um, man, I'm going to start first with some truth and just say that I, I needed a major exhale at first. So, you know, my, my first exhale was 
because last year I was I was on tour opening for Kiss as their opener. So I mm -hmm. I was doing I did 80 shows with them around the world, and it was like this sort of like peak esque moment where like I worked my whole life for this, and then going into this year we had other plans for similar things, and then everything stops. You really don't know what's going to happen next. So I had to first just like exhale because internally I I did feel defeated at first my spirit was you know was was very much down because we worked so hard at you know these things that we love and then you know a pandemic can shut it down in an instant instance so after my exhale which may have been two to three weeks you know maybe maybe two but what came out of that was well, okay what have i always missed like i've missed time home uh, I was traveling, you know, again, doing still a hundred plus shows a year around the globe. I, I just wanted to be home. And so that's where I really started, to be honest, before I, I started thinking about like virtual live performances and, and any other like products and things. I focused on my home, my family. I started there because that was okay. New world, new pillars. Mm -hmm. First one up family. I miss the hell out of them. So we just spent time together. I just enjoyed uh, just, yeah, just that time. But after that, I think it was, okay, the base of this again is I want to, uh, I want to entertain, benefit, inspire people through my art. So the next one was how do I, how, in this world, how do I get art to them? The next pillar was I started working on just prints and products. I was like, all right, the thing I didn't have a lot of time to do before because of travel was just creating merchandise and doing it consistently. And so uh, we, I started doing all the work on the back end. And I'm sure you've done an online store before. First getting into I'm pretty tech savvy, but even for me, I'm like, okay, this part I'm having a hard time with. <laughs> yeah. Like shipping fulfillment, things that uh -huh. people don't think about. They say you should do t-shirts, but there's a shipping fulfillment process that you have to set up. And um, I started with a little box of prints and I took a picture of this because I don't remember that day uh, when maybe two months later, I eventually set up here at, at my new studio because we did 15th, actually like right in the middle of March. And uh, we eventually set up a spot here, which is a little bit bigger. And now we have a, a print, someone doing print fulfillment for us. So it just streamlining that process. So the, it was like, how do I get art and inspiration into the hands of people through a streamlined process? And I just spent time doing that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as creators in, in this world, pandemic or not, how do you capture the attention and keep the attention of people with your craft? And so that's when I started focusing on just live streams, like Instagram live. We had done a lot of it before, even when it wasn't cool to do it, we were just performing, doing it. And I just doubled down on that. So in the beginning of March, I was about just under 100,000 followers on Instagram and I had no TikTok. And then I just doubled down on lives and I started posting old content on TikTok because I had the time now to do it. So again, putting stuff out there that keeps, actually gets and retains the attention of your audience. And TikTok ended up growing to, we're at 1.9 million and uh, Instagram is now at like 160. So we're growing like 10,000 followers a month. And I, again, I just say, I only say that the numbers aren't important, that the growth was important to me. And it was doubling down on how do we consistently get the attention uh, from, from our audience and then keep it. And so each of these had a system. Family had a system. It was 
I'm not working all the time. Plain and simple. I'm not doing 24-7 anymore. Done. Uh, the next thing was finding out that system for the merchandise, shipping fulfillment, you know, the printer and so on, and other products as well. And then just creating and, and producing content as well. You know, even what we have here in the studio, it's just, again, little by little, but we spent that time to think about now that we're this deep into it, we know how to think about this as a process. How do you sustain each of these over time, not just for a short amount of time while it's cool? Mm-hmm. Because post pandemic when that comes my my goal is to not have to ever travel like i used to before and when we do it'll be on different terms and as creators i can't i can't preach this enough that you'll never have this much attention from the world looking at visual things on their phone or devices than ever before and you may not ever get it again so consistently share who you are and what you create visually right now while you have it. And then just find ways to do that consistently. And when you change it up, even when you change it up, okay, how do you do that just over and over again? Like you're not feeling burnt and you enjoy the process as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, I share all that because that's a new way of thinking for me. I went from like, just, you know, we would, we would have six shows in seven days across the country and they're like crisscrossing on, on a plane and you know you get back from that and you have a, another week of shows you you get spiritually burnt mm. and you start to question am i doing this passion just for the paycheck because it is great to be able to provide for your family but nothing more and that question you know uh, as much as you know a lot of people have been affected in a really bad way throughout the, all this but I, I the positive that I've been taking out is if it wasn't for this um, you know I would have been just so burnt and mm. probably so over what I'm doing and I, it would have ended very differently I don't think it would have ended as productive as we're what we're doing mm. Now. Mm. it's really good man um, you know as you're now like so you know far along in your career I, I've seen the evolution of it um, you know, even where you're at today, you know, and, and it seems though, like, I'm not saying that there aren't challenges in front of you still, but you've, you've, you know, figured out some very important things for yourself, things that feed you personally, things that, you know, as you mentioned, like, okay, new, you know, new world, new pillars and, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of like now being able to, um, just, you know, maybe even simplify things a little bit more. And it seems like there is um, a lot of positivity and a lot of growth that has come out of uh, a time like this. Um, and so with all that, and, and, you know, as I was talking to you about earlier, you know, with, you know, the, the stuff that people don't see that ultimately has built you to become who you are and, you know, mm-hmm. they, you're able to put out your product. Um, and there's this, you know, the, the, this whole concept of success that we all chase, you know, we want to become successful. And I think um, I love asking that question to everybody that I talk to, because um, first of all, it's a very subjective um, thought, you know, success, you know, if you, you know, without thinking, it's like, oh, that means to, you know, be rich or whatever and be famous. Yeah. But it's like, no, not necessarily. Right. And, um, yeah. and, it, and I think there's nothing wrong with uh, that definition also evolving with you over time. So with where you're at today in this present day, how would you define success? 
define success as any way being able to do what you love. I feel like if, if you're doing what you love, you are winning. And that has nothing to do with if it's your full-time thing or if you're able to do it on the side. Because there's probably artists out there that were able to paint and create more than me, even though I was doing this as a profession. And they may have been happier doing it through some of, those, some of the times that I was going through. So, and I say that even in regards to right now, because I still get to create. I love, like, I, I don't have to go anywhere. And I still love creating. And I told myself this from the beginning. I would, if I wasn't doing what I get to do for a living and, and to be able to provide for my family off of it, that's not the only form of success. That is, that is one of them. Um, but even if that wasn't the case, I would still be happy, like right now, just painting here in my studio. We just so happen to turn cameras on. Mm-hmm. But literally when, um, and, I, and also I would add to that too, uh, people ask a lot during the live streams, uh, do you practice these before you paint them? And I say, no, this is, I'm literally bring. I would be doing this whether the camera's on or not. Mm. So I'm actually figuring this out in front of you right now. And that's why I'm so happy because mm. I'm doing what I love and I'm sharing it. And I don't, I'm not getting paid to, to put paint on canvas to, to do that, to share it. It's I'm literally paying that fee with love and, mm. um, and just the ability to do it. So I feel successful in that sense. And you can, you can add other goals to your form of success as in, I want to be able to do this because of doing what I love or, and so on. But doing what you love is ultimate power and it's a, it's a privilege. And uh, I think that, you know, whatever you're passionate about, you should try to pursue that in any way. If it's, you get to do it a little bit part of your day or most of your day or every single day. So. Do you, um, have you like kind of, learn to i mean i'm sure a a large part of it was just by yourself in your own hustle have you implemented um other people to kind of be a part of like your team where you can kind of um you know take a little bit off of your plate so that you don't you know burn out and overload yourself yes uh man i i have the most amazing people that help me out and we don't have a huge team but uh you know my agent who's been with me for maybe seven plus eight years now. He's grown with me a lot. Um, you know, as soon as we knew that we were going to be doing any live shows, I mean, he was checking in with me right away, even though, cause he commissions, he gets commission off of booking live shows. And I probably talked about the day. So most importantly, just reminding me who he is and why we've worked together for so long is he's like that coach in my corner, like, yo, let's just, let's just figure this out. You know, let's, how can I help you? And, and without, you know, so again, he's someone I work with that regardless of our business relationship, and I've learned more now than ever, he just wants good for me and my mm-hmm. family. And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, but he, he's able to help me sustain the amount of work that I do. Uh, and I think that him also, um, we had just, hired someone new in the past few months because we got so busy with the live streams and we, you know, we had income from uh, live paintings and, and uh, different merchandise. And so I was like, let's, let's take a leap. Let's have someone help out part-time. And so Ray, you know, does all the tech stuff here. Cause like I was doing it all on my own. Like, so before Ray got here, I was just, I was doing all the cameras cause I had done all the research and I was, 
you know, just setting up the sliders and the lights and everything. And eventually I was like, I have to paint after this. <laughs> so yeah. I got to that point where I was like, all right, let me, let me see if this is possible. And I just, and I asked, we, you know, and he's here helping. And, um, and there's, there's other people, you know, there's uh, people just help out with different things from my nephew coming in to hang up inventory and paintings. Cause there's, we literally have hundreds of paintings here to, to go through. And then, um, you know, my girlfriend, who is just uh, like this inspiration to me every day and just says, like, go, go get it. Like, let's go. Let's get up. Let's go. So she's a huge motivation. So the, the people in my life are why I'm able to do as much as I get to do now, you know, past, present and, and future. And I could not do it without them. That's amazing, and man. And also, let me add, I've had a lot of great people that are not with me anymore that I still give a lot of credit to as well because mm -hmm. I, in those times, I couldn't do it without them. Yeah, I think that's so huge. Um, you know, again, I think even as, as you mentioned, as creators and as artists, um, there's, there's a tendency to want to do everything yourself because you have a very particular way of, you know, presenting everything of your, you know, your artistry is essentially a part of who you are and to kind of relinquish a little bit of that. Um, it takes, it takes trust and faith. Um, I think first in yourself, you know, to be like, you know what, it's okay. And even if things aren't necessarily the way that you would do it, but like, you know, this actually gives me a little bit time to like breathe a little bit, like you said, because yeah. you're like, after I set all this stuff up, I actually got to still do the main <laughs> thing, which is paint, you know, and, and be happy doing it. Yeah. 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 And, and I think that's that's so huge to be able to recognize the importance of trusting others. And, um, you know, like you said, like, you know, doing AGT, learning how to lead a, a team of yes. people is so important. Very Actually, I was, you, you mentioned something, you're like, you know, maybe it's not going to be done the way that I want it done. If you can accept that and say, look, that won't be done the way you want to be done. But if you can work with them a certain way, it can be done better. Right. So, yeah. so look at too, like what, you know, again, people who are watching this and maybe you're at the point where you're like, you're doing it all. But if you have enough income coming in from your, your business that you can afford to have someone, uh, you know, alleviate you, or even if it's someone, the intern, whatever that is, but think about to the type of people that you're attracting as well. And, and don't just take anyone on, even if it's your, you know, brother, cousin, you know, whoever best friend since, you know, sixth grade, can you, can you uh, like learn from each other? Because yeah. I could only do so much camera work up to a certain point. I could do it. And right away, things may not be done the way that I wanted them done. But because I let that happen, because you, you, you work on your working relationship, mm. it's actually done way better now. So yeah. it's not done. You look at it like that. Right. Um, based on are you, are you working with people in your life that you're able to work along with and say, like, I need this to be done better. And how do you work with them to get there? Mm-hmm. It's really good, man. Um, if it's cool, man, I want to get into a quick little lightning round session with you. Yeah. I got some questions that I'm going to fire off at you. And he's got to come off top. Here we go. Lightning in three, two, one. What's your favorite color? Black. <laughs> Who is your favorite painter of all time? Salvador Dali. What is your most memorable performance? In uh, Cuba. What is the, what is your favorite portrait that you've ever painted? Uh, Jesus. Ooh. What would be a dream opportunity for you? Uh, to 
paint with or for Jay-Z? Sick. What is your biggest fear? Uh, not being able to paint. Tight. If you had to paint... Actually, that's one of them. I, that's one of them. Sorry. There's yeah. other fears, but yeah. Feel free to add, <laughs> add one on there. This is uh, Definitely not, not being able to see my kids because I love my kids. So okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not being able to see them, not being able to create, that, that combines. Yeah. Love it. Love it. If you had to paint 2020, what would it look like? It would look, uh, it, it would be a, a tree. And I would, you would see the roots of like everything you had done up until this point and then everything 2020 on are like this beautiful like the the trunk the, the branches the leaves like how, like such a great time to grow right now so wow. it would be the tree but you get to see it all from roots to the the leaves that are still being produced Ooh, dude that's freaking good man <laughs> love that if you could have any superpower what would it be Ooh, uh, to see the future what is your actual superpower? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, to, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like I don't have a superpower. Are you kidding me? Um, I feel like I'm talking <laughs> to a superhero right now. <laughs> um, actually, uh, my superpower is to be able to calm my kids down. I feel, I don't know how I do it, what I do, but like there's, there's something that I, I, maybe I just look at them crazy and just like, oh, quiet. But that is, that is my superpower, getting my kids to calm down. You're a kid whisperer. Okay. My kid, not all kids. Don't, just yeah, yours. That's just all that mine. matters. <laughs> yeah. Cause I can, I can spank my kids. So. <laughs> Word. Okay. If you were to have any, uh, what would be your biggest regret? Um, constantly wondering, like, uh, man, I, I think just, uh, I, I don't know how to put this in like one single word, but like when I get ideas, I just go, I go mm -hmm. for it. Even if, it, if we don't get that far, I just, I go enough to figure it out. So my biggest regret, regret would just be not acting on inspiration. So mm. Um, yeah, I just try okay. my best to act on inspiration and it just hopefully keeps coming. I love that. That's really good. Less of more of what would you want to see less of in the world mm. and more of in the world? Uh, less racism and more compassion. That's good. What is your golden rule? Your life mantra? Uh, live with passion and purpose. It's really good, man. Um, Dude, David, first of all, it's great catching up with you after all these years and um, seeing, seeing your growth and um, the evolution um, has been really inspiring, dude. And, and you know, yeah, we, we go back years and, um, you know, seeing to, you know, not only just your art and, and how you're evolving what you do, but um, I think this is probably the first time we've ever really, like, had a conversation about just... Yeah your headspace and you know how how you have processed and continue to process and i think you know i'm glad we're connecting at a time like this because it is Likewise. such a unique time and you know i think everybody has experienced new levels of challenge and growth this year that's why i love your your yeah your, your painting of 2020 is a tree i mean <laughs> that's so good you know what i mean it's 
um, yeah, there's these roots that, um, you know, and not to get, again, too philosophical, you put a seed into the ground, um, you have no idea what that seed will look like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it takes the time, it has to have these strong roots to actually sprout up out of the ground and then produce this amazing fruit. And yeah. I love um, something that you were saying earlier, man, that I think is so cool. When you were talking about being able to paint a portrait upside down and seeing shapes and negative space, um, you know, like talk about negative space. There's nothing but that right now if you want to look no. at things in that way. If you want to look at this year, um, and not only, I don't want to just isolate 2020. I, I say mm-hmm. 2020 because this is probably the first time that many of us, probably most of us, have ever um, had to face certain realities and had to be like, man, we have no choice but to um, figure this out because there really aren't that many options. And so that essentially is a negative space. Mm-hmm. But like you being able to see, you, you saying there's the sh- shadows, but there's also the light and the light will create a shape. And like, so being able to see something from a perspective where it's like, man, I can actually see something really beautiful because of all the negative space, because of yeah. the shadows, because of yes. what's going on. Like you being able to like, man, I'm spending so much more time with my family. Like, I think this yeah. is, I don't want this to change. You know, that's a beautiful thing that something like this kind of, you know, this year forced you into a place where, and I'm so glad you said you took that time to exhale. I think that's yeah. so important um, because again, there's also this, you know, this feeling that we, we give ourselves that like no time to rest, got to keep yeah. going, firing off at all cylinders 100% of the time, mm-hmm. which eventually you will burn out. You know what I mean? If you yeah. do that and you need to have that time to, to cool the engine off, you know, exhale, breathe to like really think, um, okay, what, what is actually happening and uh, what do I have around me as a resource what do I still have the ability to do, which is like your talent, your skill, your mind, um, and and being able to, you know, like, yeah, turn that negative space into a thing of beauty, I think is. Yeah. Or you can look at it like this. And I, and I appreciate you too, like just touching on that again, because it's so important just to focus on the light. Mm. You know, that's, that is, those are the things that you can control. Those are the things that you can see so much dark, ourselves about that you know there's so much that we uh you know make up in our own minds that don't even exist yet they're all hypothetical but if you focus on what you can actually see and control on that light that is uh you know that is how we all create and we're creating our new lives right now before each other yeah man you can have said it better than that man so uh, dude, thank you so much for just being willing Yo, I, to come in. I want to say, I want to say yeah. something real quick though, before we go is man, uh, you know, I've never really been able to tell you this too, is just the, the, the minimal time that we spent together when you guys were building out, uh, you know, past shows mm-hmm. and we didn't talk cause I was just sitting back, just learning and watching like you guys, you and, you know, just the crew and even what you're doing now has always been such a huge inspiration to me. And when it comes to like, building a performance brand and aesthetic and i mean storytelling i mean i i the list could go on but you know you've always been a, a huge source of inspiration man and so to see your constant evolution has been an inspiration to me so to have this conversation now has been uh man it's been amazing so i i really appreciate the time 
that's a huge compliment, man. That's a huge, huge compliment. Um, thank you for sharing that. And, uh, and it's, it's a full circle of things, man. You know, like inspiration comes from being inspired by those who you're, you know, willing to keep in your circle. And, and, um, I can't take credit for it myself. You know, I mean, as, as I was asking you about your team, I mean, I couldn't do any of what I'm doing without the team that I have. Um, but yeah, man, like, uh, we can have that conversation on a, in a different context, but, um, yeah, just thank you, bro. And, and, uh, I I appreciate the time, man. Yeah. I'm blessed to be able to, um, you know, sit down and have these conversations and it's, and I think that's, what's important. And that's why we have this podcast. Cause I think of so much of, uh, what people do and their, their artistry and their product is, is great. But, um, you know, the, the stuff that goes behind the scenes, the, 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 the mentality behind it is what's important. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is that place where we can kind of lay out and, and kind of unpack and unravel the mentality, man. And your, your mind is, uh, it's, it's incredible, man. And, uh, again, thank you so much for just even sharing a little glimpse of that. Um, for those who want to kind of keep following the journey, uh, where can people find you? Like what's going on? What can people be looking out for? Yeah. So you can follow me at Garibaldi arts on everything. Uh, I also, we do live streams every Thursday and Friday around 3 PM uh, Pacific standard time. And, uh, the best version to watch that on is YouTube and, uh, yeah, and just, follow yeah definitely follow the journey and uh if you if you watch this send me a dm and just say i watched the uh the pod so sick yeah we'll tag respond back we'll tag all that stuff in the show notes uh folks thank you so much for tuning in if you're watching or listening uh if you really like what we're doing all we ask that you do is hop into the apple itunes store hop into your podcast app leave us a five-star rating write us a review let us know what we're uh, doing well, guests you want to have on, um, all that. All that stuff helps us get visibility on the charts. And uh, we'll be posting all this stuff. This will be up on the YouTube soon. Uh, follow us on IG and Twitter, Kinja's Podcast, Cast with a K. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We have a ton more episodes that came before this. So if you're following it, there's so much more back in the archives. Give it a listen. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We appreciate you guys. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay positive, keep moving, and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace out. Catch your